Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Question for us. How many people made a New Year's resolution? Anybody made New Year's resolutions this year? Yep, a few people have done that. They've made the decisions. Maybe you've decided you want to get fit this year. I mean, that's what I say every new year. I'm going to get fit. And every year you guys look at me like, I don't see much changing, Brunson. So that's my perpetual New Year's resolution. Maybe you've decided I want to spend some more time with my family. Or maybe you said, this is the year. I'm going to read the Bible through in a year. Do something good like that. Or you've got some projects you've been working on. And you say, this is the year I'm going to finish those projects. I was reading uh, some New Year's resolutions online and checked some of these out, some that were said. One of them was this, my New Year's resolution is to work on my low self-esteem, but I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. (laughs) This one here, whatever, this New Year's resolution, try to worry less, fill that time with... Oh my gosh, what what am I going to fill that time with? There's too much... Oh, this is going oh so badly already. I think maybe news resolutions uh, can be a little bit out of style, sometimes a little bit out of vogue. I know like maybe 20 years ago they were really huge and we can be a little bit cynical maybe about the New Year's resolutions and all those types of things. But here's what I want to say about making them or the people that make them. A person who makes a resolution is a person who wants more from their life. Like making a resolution, you want more from your life. Now, I'm not saying that if you're in the bunch of people who haven't made a resolution, that you don't want anything for your life this year. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that to make a goal, a resolution, a commitment, a plan, a a pledge, it's a good start to seeing change in your life. Can I get an amen this morning? It's a good first step for wanting more in your life. Where do resolutions begin? Where do they come from? What makes us do it? They begin where? As a thought in our mind. In our mind. And so as we step into 2023, we need to realize that it's our mind that first goes forward for change and then the rest of our life follows it. And so if we want to see change this year in our lives, we need to change the way that we think, and that is how change happens. Now, there will be many other things that happen this year that affect our lives, okay? Things come and happen that are out of our control, but our mind has a great place. It plays a huge role in how our year pans out. In fact, if you've got your Bible with me today, Open it to the scriptures, Proverbs 23, 7. It says this, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. It says, as a man thinks, so he is. So our minds don't just determine our year. They determine the person that we are. How we think, that's just how the scriptures say that we live. Today, we're starting a three-week series called The Renewed Mind I'm going to be preaching the first two weeks. Then we'll be having Larry, my dad, preach the last week. Looking forward to that. That's going to be amazing. And we're going to kick off this new year looking at our mind and how renewing the mind is one of the most important things we can do 
this year, if we want to see change, if we want to see God move in our lives and in our families and in our churches. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for our time with you this morning, God. We've come to encounter you, to meet with you. I thank you, Jesus, that no matter what our, uh, you know, last couple of weeks have been, how our year ended, Jesus, it's a new year. It's a new day. I thank you, God, that as you work in our lives, as we yield our mind, as we renew our mind, Lord, that you can do something great in our lives. And we give you thanks and praise for that. Speak to us through your scriptures today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, come on, everyone said. We're going to turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. If you don't have your Bible, the words will be on the screen behind me. It says this, Paul, to the church in Rome, he says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Who would like to know the good, pleasing, perfect will of God? If you're a believer here today, I think as Christians, as followers of Christ, we want to know the good will, pleasing will of God. And so to know it, the Bible says, Paul says in Romans 12 too, to know the perfect will of God, we need to renew our minds. Renew our mind. See, it says that by allowing God to transform, to renew our minds, that we can rewire them, we can change them. In fact, it says this, he uh, it, I got mixed up there. Anyway, as someone, as someone who wants God's will for my own life, I need God to renew my mind. I need Him to speak into my mind, to change my mind, to allow Him to work through me, through the Holy Spirit. See, I don't need more self-help books. I don't need more TED Talks, motivational speeches. I don't need more books to help me do things or, or, or retreats. I don't even know, and it, you know, it pains me to say this, I don't even need more preachers preaching messages to me. Like, that pains me to say that, like come back to church next week. But we don't need this. What I need is I need God renewing my mind. If I want change, I need God to change my mind, to renew my mind. And I'm not saying those things are bad. Do them, they're okay. But what I am saying is that if we want to see change in our life, if we know that there are things in our lives that we need God to move in, we want to be transformed truly. It begins by being in tune with the perfect will of God, God's will for our lives, God's plan for our lives, God's desires for our life. And see, the thing is, it's only God who can help us with those things. The world is trying to mold our mind to conform to its patterns. The word conform, it means to adopt the form of those around you. Have you noticed that the world more and more is trying to get us to conform more and more to the way that the world sees things, to the way that it believes that we should act or think or believe or do? And, and if you don't do what the world says, you'll be cancelled. Well, maybe some of us need to be cancelled because we're going to say, hey, we're not going to conform to the world and its patterns of thinking. We're going to instead conform to what? The renewal of the mind and God's plan, God's way that he wants us to live our lives. See, God is not about conforming. He's about something else. He's about transformation. Say it with me. Transformation. God is about transformation. Transform to change into another form. It's where we get the word metamorphosis from. 
I've got three children, my wife and I, uh, Joel, who is 16, Ethan, 14, and then Roman, who is six. And every one of our children, we have read to them the kids' classic book called The Very Hungry Caterpillar. And uh, I think we've got a picture of the book here that we can show you on the screen. Does, do we know that one? Come on, we've all read our kids that storybook. And if you haven't, we'll pray for you because you're a bad parent. And it's about the very hungry caterpillar. And it talks about how he eats his way through all these things. One apple, two pears, three plums, four strawberries, five oranges, one piece of chocolate cake, one ice cream cone, one pickle, one slice of Swiss cheese, a slice of salami, one lollipop, one piece of pie, one sausage, one cupcake, and one slice of watermelon. Sounds like me, 12 p.m. Christmas Day. <laughs> Just getting started of my feasting. He's getting all into it, and it says that at the end of the story, what happens? He goes into a cocoon. Well, he's got a food coma to start with. Goes into a cocoon, spins his cocoon, and then out of that cocoon, the caterpillar transforms, metamorphoses into a beautiful butterfly. And I think we've got the beautiful butterfly. I mean, that's a cute caterpillar, but that's a beautiful butterfly, isn't it? Come on, the beautiful butterfly there. And you know what? This is a picture of what God wants to do in your life. It's a picture of what God wants to do in my life, in, in our church. It, it, it's a picture. See, God, he, He's not about making us better caterpillars. He doesn't want to just make us the best caterpillar we can be. See, He's not about us conforming to how our other caterpillars are or being a better caterpillar. He's about transforming us. He wants to transform us from that caterpillar to a butterfly. It's very deep. I'm using the very hungry. But it's a, it's, it's a picture of what God wants to do to us. Change us. Totally different new creation being. Transformed. You're not your old self. You are a new creation. If you could grab a hold of this today, church. It says that when we receive Jesus, we've been made into a new creation. If you could grab a hold of this, you would realize, wow, I'm not that old thing I was. I am now something new that God has made me. See, I want to let someone know today with God you can become a totally different person if you don't like who you are if you're not happy with where you are God is saying today you I've made you a new creation someone totally different a new being a new creation that's why the scriptures say this to Corinthians 5 17 therefore if anyone is in Christ a new creation has come the old is gone, the new is here. If you've accepted Jesus into your life, today the new creation life has begun. And maybe you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your life. You, you may know about him, but you've never been a moment where you've said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to let you know today you can receive, you can know Jesus and that new creation life he has for you. I want to give you an invitation in my, at the end of my message to invite him in. But maybe today you're a, you're a believer in Christ and, and that new creation stuff has come, but you're not quite where you want to be. You're not quite that new butterfly that God has called you to be. You know, you're not quite where you are. And why is that? It's because we're somewhere in the journey of life where God is changing us. He's transforming us. See, the Christian walk doesn't happen overnight. I mean, it can. God can move miraculously in your life and transform you in a moment. But I've found my own personal experience is gradual, step-by-step -step changes over time. And it all starts with my mind being renewed to think the way that God wants me to think. We have to renew our mind. And you know what? It might seem hard to change who we are, but there's some things we can do 
to help us renew our minds. And for the rest of our time together this morning, or at least while I'm up here, I want to give us three simple thoughts today on how we can change our mind. And I'm not going to roll out some of the usual ones, you know, like pray and read our Bible and go to church. I think we, we know those ones here, but I want to share a few different ones for us today. So if you're taking notes, write these down. And uh, God told me before the service today, if you take notes, you'll get to heaven. Uh, if you don't, you may not. So um, <laughs> obviously a joke there. Anyway, number one. Some people are like, oh, no, get my pen out. That's a joke. Okay, number one, get a mentor. What's a mentor? A mentor is someone who can support, advise, guide you. A mentor is someone who's just a little bit further down the track than you are. Uh, a mentor is someone who's got more experience than you do in a particular area. A mentor is someone who can help you see things through a different light, in a different way. And, and, you know, we can have mentors in all types of areas of our life. We can have, you know, financial mentors, business mentors, uh, career mentors, life mentors, all those types of things. And I want to encourage you, those are great people to know and great people to have in your life. But we're in church this morning, and my, my kind of my area of expertise is not really those areas, but more spiritual. So I want to suggest today to grab a spiritual mentor. Someone who can help us with the things of God. See, your spiritual life is so much more important than you realize. You can have an amazing business that is growing year on, year out. You can be healthy and fit. You can have a fantastic family and all things can be going amazing. You can have great experiences in life and achieving financial goals. But can I say this? If your soul is troubled with fear, worry, anxiety, if your past has a hold on you and won't let you move forward because of mistakes you've made, things you've done, you know, uh, things that you're holding on to, if you can't let go of bitterness, hate or anger, all those other things are not going to be able to help you with what you need. You need health in your soul. Can I tell you, nothing can help your soul, your spirit like God can. You need to seek God and so we need a spiritual mentor. God is the one who can heal matters of the soul, of the heart, and the spirit. So today I want to ask you, I want to suggest to you, I want to say to you, find someone that you can open up to about your life. Find someone who can encourage you in the scriptures. Find someone who can say to you, who can come alongside you and pray with you and stand with you, who can be an encourager, who can challenge the way that you think, that you act, that can ask you, invite you to live. As Christ lived, find a mentor. You know, it could be someone in this room. It could be the person sitting next to you. It could be a friend that you know. It could be a pastor. It could be someone, I don't know who it is, but find a mentor. And you know what? Maybe, maybe you want to hold each other accountable. Maybe you want to find each other and say, hey, you know what? Let's hold each other accountable. Let's be mentors to each other. Find a mentor to help you with the renewal of your mind. Number two, check your motives. What are your motives for the resolutions that you are making this year? Why are you wanting to make the change that you're wanting to make? What is your motive? And then ask yourself, what is your real motive? Like there are motives, then there are real motives. Let me give you a couple examples. I want to get fit. Why? So I look better. Okay, why? So I can maybe find a, a partner, a husband and wife, okay? Okay, that's good. How about this other one? So I can pick up more chicks. Probably not so good. Look at everyone like, what? What did he just say? What did he just say up there? 
Motives. What are the motives? Like one, to find a partner. That's probably a good motive. If your motive is just to pick up more chicks at the bars, probably not a good motive. Now you understand where I'm going. Like, whew. What about this one here? My motive, you know, my resolution is I want to spend less. Why? So I can have more money in my bank account each week. Okay, why? What's the real reason? So I can save for my future. That's a good resolution. What about this one? So that at the end of the month, I got more money to spend on bags and clothes and shoes and toys. That's probably not such a good resolution. See, there's the motive and there's the real motive. We need to delve deeper into what are the reasons for the resolutions that we're making. The change that I want to see in my life, why am I wanting to make this change? Is it a good motive? Is it a motive that's going to bring me closer to where God wants me to be? That's going to lead me more to be like Christ? Or is it a motive that's going to take me away from those things? Is it going to be a good resolution or a resolution that is not so good? The keys could come. That'd be great. Sometimes when we analyze the motive, we realize that we could better spend that time somewhere else. For years, I've been meaning to learn Italian. My wife, Gabby, is Italian. I've been meaning to learn uh, the Italian language. And I thought, you know what? It'd be, it'd be great to speak that because Gabby speaks it. Her family speaks it. I could speak to my in-laws in Italian. They'd be so proud of me and so happy with me. And, you know, and... Um, I'm trying so hard for my in-laws, 23 years of marriage, but I'll get there. And um, I reckon I've tried three or four times seriously to learn uh, the Italian language. I've, you know, got some books out of the library, uh, then gone a little bit more, you know, more recent, got with the times, downloaded some podcasts. I've got my Italian podcast of a Scottish guy living in France, teaching Italian, but uh, it's pretty good. And uh, see me afterwards, I can hook you up. Uh, but then I looked at my motive, and I, and I looked at the time spent, and I, and I thought to myself, you know what, I could probably better spend my time somewhere else. And the motive to be able to speak to my in-laws and Gabby's family in Italian, the reality is there's another language that I already know that I can speak to them in, and that's the language of English. Like, just speak to them in English. And so there's better ways that I can use my time. Having said that, Gabby and I, we made a resolution that this year we're going to go to Italy. So I'm dusting off the old podcast and uh, getting out the old Scottish guy. Help me out, mate. And uh, I'm going to learn Italian this year. Check your motives. Are they good motives? Is it time better spent somewhere else? And then thirdly and finally, build momentum with our resolutions, with our change. Build momentum. See, one of the worst things we can do with our resolutions is to go too hard, too fast. Too hard, too soon. You know, I, I'm going to get fit. I keep on going back to, to, to being fit. But I'm going to get fit this week, this year. So in the second week of January, next week, I'm going to run a half marathon. So it's like, you know, January the 1st, can't even walk 500 meters. Week two, we're going to run a half marathon. What about this one? I, I need more of God's Word in my life. Amazing thing. Read your Bible, church. It's the start of a new year. Commit to reading your Bible through in a year. But I'm going to read my Bible. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read my Bible one hour every day. One hour every day. You say, I'm going to read my Bible one hour every day. You're probably not going to do that. How about this? I want to be more hospitable. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start inviting people over to my house. So what I'm going to do is every night, for the next two months, I'm going to invite a new person to my house. Every night, I'm going to be away in the kitchen cooking nonstop, you know, inviting people to my house. It may still be hospitable, hospitable, but maybe you're not going to be able to do that. 
You're setting yourself up for failure. Start small, achieve something small, build momentum. See, maybe you want to say this, I'm going to walk 500 meters for the first two weeks of January. Wow, I've done that. Let's try and aim for one kilometer. Maybe you want to say this, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read five verses of Scripture for the first couple of weeks of January or first month. Whatever it is, you decide. Hey, I've managed to do that. God's been speaking to me. I've been encouraged. My life, I feel the joy for God's encouragement in my life, His peace. I'm going to commit to maybe reading 10 verses now every day. How about this one here? I've invited someone new over to dinner from my house every couple of months. Now I'm going to try maybe once a month I'll invite someone over. Start small. Build momentum. See, that's how God works in our lives. He works in our lives that way. He starts small. It's a gradual step-by-step process. He builds momentum in our lives. Slow, gradual growth. I'm not sure how long you've been a Christian. Maybe you only recently come to know God and committed your life to Him. Maybe you were born in a Christian home. You've known God your whole life. I don't know how long you've known God. But I would say as you look back over the course of your life, walking with Jesus, you'll have seen small gradual change momentum building in your life for change in your life see you're not who you used to be but it's been small change that's happened in your life build momentum full transparency with you today I stand up here before you letting you know that there is still a journey of transformation that I'm going through There's still a journey of change and renewal that I need God to do in my mind. And there's a lot of change that needs to occur in my life. And I thank God I'm not who I used to be. But I know that there's some work of where I need to be. And I suggest that maybe you're like me. Most of us are like the rest of us. Maybe there's some change that you're still undergoing. Maybe there's some transformation that God is still doing in your life. And if you don't think so... If you're married here today, just ask your spouse. Or if you've got a partner, just ask them. Or if you've got children, just ask them. Or if you've got a close friend, just ask them. They'll let you know, hey, do I need to change? And they'll tell you. If they're honest people, they'll tell you, yeah, there's some things that you need to change in your life. Even deeper still, go to God. Go to the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, in my life, would you illuminate? Would you highlight? Would you speak to me? through your scriptures, through a friend? Would you speak to me through your own voice into my spirit and let me know that the areas in my life, see, He's the one that knows your thoughts, your desires, the things that go through your mind, the things you're struggling with, those things that we're able to hide from everyone else. God sees them. He knows them. He's the one you need to go, God, what do I need to change? What do I need? Where do I need your transforming power? to change my mind, to enact changes in my life. And this is the exciting thing. We can be different. We can change. God has created us in His own image. And under His guidance and power, we can grow. And our lives can be transformed. As I end today on Philippians 1 verse 6, it says this, Being confident of this, that He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion Onto the day of Christ Jesus. God has not finished the work He wants to do in your life. The renewal, the transforming of your mind. He is faithful to complete it. If you feel today, I just can't break through. God is faithful to work in your life. If you say, I'm not, not seeing what I want to see. God is faithful to see it through. Does anyone believe it this morning? Does anyone believe, God, you are faithful this morning. Let's close our eyes as we pray. God, I thank you today.